I'm gone. Chill. Yes. Trigger tree. Trigger tree. I didn't think anyone was coming. Come in. Come in. Come in. I am so glad someone finally came. I just love Halloween, but no children ever stop by. Maybe they think the place is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I won't be sad. I'll just make you wish you had gut buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Vaughn. And I had no idea you were going to say that. <laughs> that was brilliant. You make I that had up. to stay silent for like 20 seconds while you said that without laughing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I, that, that's probably the longest intro I've ever had. Um, welcome to episode 214. We're deep into Podtober, and today we're talking, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Twisted Claw. Mm. I mean, you couldn't mm. go any deeper into Podtober. It's Halloween, yeah. folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy, ha- happy Halloween, uh, Yvonne. Happy Halloween! I, I I didn't know whether you were gonna do whether you were gonna air this on Halloween, but I, I did have a suspicion. It is a Halloween episode, mm-hmm. and it's thirty one years since it aired. Oh my gosh, that makes me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy. But yeah, that that makes sense. And honored to honored to be on the uh, the Halloween episode. So thank you for having me again. Uh, of course, and you did I, you did last Halloween with us, right? Um, yeah, Midnight Ride. Yeah, Midnight Ride. Yeah, yeah. Midnight. <laughs> we're only giving you the classics. Uh, <laughs> no, it, I'm it's... very pleased. <laughs> it's kind of amazing we've gotten five years in and not done Twisted Claw in Podtober. Yeah, it is crazy. It's really the perfect uh, Halloween episode. You think so, huh? Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what what would you argue is better? Oh, for a Halloween. In the Nickelodeon canon? Yeah. Well, I might want to save. Maybe we'll do our favorite uh, Halloween specials one day. Okay. Right. Might want to keep that close to my chest. I mean, there's something okay. that immediately comes to mind, but it's not this um, episode. Is it happening on Halloween? Yeah. I feel like that's a... Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Rarer than you expect for Are You Afraid of the Yeah. Super yeah. Rare. I think, I think there's only three that are around Halloween, um, but yeah, this is uh, this is yeah. We'll talk about it. Um, this episode is kind of interesting. It was right the it was the original episode. It was the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This got them the show, which is why it is surprising that it's taken it. so long. But um, yeah. It has to be good, Joey, right? Because it got them the it got them the show. 
I'm not I'm not taking any of the history into account here. I'm watching this as an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. <laughs> you you of all people are not taking the history into account. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I pick and choose, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i am i am uh i am jumping ahead here i know i know <laughs> um yeah this this aired uh so it aired three times technically it aired originally was like in 1990 and then again in 1991 and then it aired officially in the u.s um as part of the series run in 1992 and I noticed uh, we hadn't talked about September of 1992. It aired on mm. September 5th. Um, so I am going <laughs> to... Now I'm interested in history. Um, would you guys like to know a little bit about September of 1992? Oh, yes, please. Oh, I guess. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> um, the 26th Country Music Association Awards are held that month, and Garth Brooks is the big winner, mm-hmm. uh, which only seems right. <laughs> Um, May Jam- May Jam- Jameson uh, is the first African American woman to go to space uh, aboard the Endeavor. Very cool. Yes. Love my space facts, and that's a good one. Uh, Nick Jonas of the Jonas Brothers is born. Woo! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that that is. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. care about that. I'm not one of them. That passed me by. He's younger than me, but um, but hey. Yeah. Oh, I think the kids love him. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Anthony Perkins, star of um, Psycho as Norman Bates, passes away that month at the age of sixty. Mm. Good month for it, I guess. Sort of. <laughs> Good in month. The sense that he's a <laughs> well, in the sense that he's got a <laughs> spooky, uh, you know, uh, yeah, reputation. Yeah. But this is September. Oh yeah, I forgot. Total dud. Well, still on on his way to Halloween. Do you guys do you guys have a month you'd prefer to die in? Oh, that's tough. Well, I mean, if you're being considerate to the people that love you that you've left behind, you don't want it to be like January, February. Uh. You know what I mean? Because that sucks. Because look, like if you're going to go, like you want it to be a beautiful summer's day, not too hot, you know, or a dry autumn day. I didn't think we'd be talking about this, but, and I didn't think I had an answer to this, but apparently, (laughs) apparently it was just right there, surface level of my brain. But yeah, you, you don't want like, you don't want it to be like throwing it down rain on what already sucks, you know? It's it's a sucks. I can attest to this. The last funeral I went to was in early early January, and it was like three degrees, like wow. s- like snow, a mixture of snow and rain, and it w- it just stunk because I felt bad for even though they weren't al- alive anymore. I felt bad because everybody <laughs> at the burial site was like just dying to get back in their car. Yeah, like it w- it was like the fastest ceremony I've ever been to. Uh, and I was like, man, they lived to 98 and like everybody's just waiting to get out of here because it's so yeah. cold. Equally, that's so strange because um, the last funeral I attended was in June um, and we had like an, an, a ridiculously warm June. And of course, like everyone's wearing black like funeral clothes mm. and no, no one, no one in the UK 
is ever prepared for warm weather let me tell you this and so everyone is like waiting around and it's getting hotter and hotter and um yeah it has to be right in the middle it's got to be you know I mean, it's not something you're thinking about there in the moment, but if we are going to pick it apart, like in retrospect, um, there is definitely a good funeral day and neither (laughs) yours nor mine hit the mark with that. Dying on Halloween might be cool. Yeah, not bad. I think Houdini died on Halloween. I wouldn't mind like hearing trick-or-treaters, uh... (laughs) You know, going down the streets as I die in Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want you're you're thinking like dying on Halloween, not like the actual ceremony. <laughs> yeah, uh, kids yeah, are banging yeah. on the door, and you're like having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yep. <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> yeah. I love all the aesthetics of Halloween. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, you know, it'd be great if like you opened the door and then you fell over dead and like scared all the kids away. Mm, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. that would be a great one. <laughs> That'd be a good way be to go. One that people would be talking about for oh, the rest my, of their yeah, lives. For sure. Well, no one would take you seriously. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> no one would ever believe <laughs> it. Be like, this is the sun. <laughs> It'd be like November second, and someone would be like, "Should we check on Andrew?" Is he... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah uh and then uh let's see gay calloway becomes the first female jockey to ride a winner at england's famous royal ascot is that something uh Hmm. is that a big deal over there in england yeah with with like certain kinds of people i mean i i it's it's like a really big deal to dress up in like your fanciest clothes and weird hats to go and watch a horse race it's 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 very i don't even know sometimes you can't tell that these people are horse people until it's too late but let me put it to you like this i've navigated life for 31 years and never accidentally made friends with someone that goes to a horse race so i'm really proud of that like (laughs) but yeah it's a deal for most of the british public um which says a lot. Yeah, that's it seems like something. I don't know anybody who well, that's not true. Uh our friend our friend Candace loves horses. I think it's like you can love horses and ride them, but like yeah. the horse event that happens in Ascot is like you watch people I think it's a race. So it's yeah. like not very ethical and like everyone's just getting super drunk in like ridiculously fancy clothes and um that's kind of what it's about like i think people like bet and stuff so i think horse love and and ascot are like they're worlds apart (laughs) yeah okay yeah that sounds like kind of like our kentucky derby uh um okay well uh september 1992 a lot of tv shows premiere this month are you ready Ooh, we have we have batman the animated series we have Goof Troop. Yes. <laughs> Lamb Chops Play Along. Oh, wow. Yeah. Seems late. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if it was like a reboot or something, because mm-hmm. I thought so too. Um, Adam's Family Cartoon. Uh, oh, yeah. I like it. Fivel's American Tale. Eek, Eek the Cat. Eek, Beekman's World. <laughs> Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mad About You. 
The Ben Stiller Show, and Guts. Wow. Pretty good, big month. Good list. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. And only one show ends that month, um, and that is Salute Your Shorts. <sighs> Which is also very weird to think Salute Your Shorts ended by 1992. Yeah, that's crazy. And too bad. Um, yeah. Only one number one single, uh, and this was number one single for 13 weeks. That's our old buddies, Boys to Men, uh, with End of the Road. Mm. Oh, that that's that sure. is a good one. <laughs> hard hard to argue. Hard to argue. <laughs> uh, other other people to release albums that month. We have the Ramones, Trisha Yearwood, Brian Eno, Tom Waits, Red House Painters, Public Enemy, George Strait, Abba, Sh- uh, Sinead O'Connor, Blind Melon, Nine Inch Nails, Stone Temple Pilots, and Allison Chains all release albums that month pretty diverse month yeah yeah uh movies two number one or three number one movies that month for one week honeymoon in vegas which i've never seen no um sneakers for two weeks no and the only one i have seen for one week last of the mohicans Mm, i haven't seen that either have you you haven't seen that andrew no oh a daniel day lewis classic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, daniel day lewis is just i i've I've talked a lot about him on this podcast from time to time but what a treasure (laughs) um other movies released in september 92 captain ron and school ties (laughs) (laughs) excellent i know captain Uh, ron but oh school School ties is the one with like brendan Fraser, i think and um i don't know i forget i don't know uh Video games, championship manager for the uh, Amiga and Atari. You know that one? No, Andrew? but it just sounds not good. Championship <laughs> manager. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then SNK releases Art of Fighting for the arcades, which I also don't know what that is. Um, yeah, I think I know what that is. Those mm. fighting games. Those like blocky fighting games. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little bit about September of 92. I don't know if you guys have any Interesting. Yeah. Sort of. I've just done... <laughs> exactly. That. I've just done October 1990, and I thought, oh, I'll just be one step ahead. But I was wrong. <laughs> um, and I feel like I could have got way cooler stuff for 1992, um, especially, like, games and probably movies. Um Though, with that said, there were some, like, real blockbusters when I did my October 1990s research, to be fair. Um, But this is so skewed now in favor of, like, the UK. So some of this, you're just going to be like, what kind of weird island is this? And it's a very valid question. Well, this Um, is a great chance for Americans to learn. Some of I would I would argue there's there's much better things to fill to fill people's minds with, but I will um should I should I say what yeah. I found about October nineteen oh, yes. ninety. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um I did see the the American number one. I think it was like Black Cat by Janet Jackson or something. Mm-hmm. And I was jealous of that because um even though I don't know how that song goes, um the UK number one on um, Halloween night, 
1990 was The Beautiful South, A Little Time. And I don't even know if you guys know who that is. Um, I don't think so. I think so. (laughs) No? Well, that's because they are pretty much the epitome of like UK music. I think some of them were in the House Martins. Um, Deeply deeply on cool radio music of the early 1990s. Um, Movies, um, everyone's obsessed with Ghost and The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. They're the movies that are like very, very big. I don't know if they had earlier releases in the US. It's probably possible. Uh, What's going on in life? We've still got Margaret Thatcher at this point, but she's got like a month left. So that's pretty, pretty good ghastly pretty on pretty on point for a halloween evening um mr bean tv series airs this year oh yes that's a good thing yeah um so it's peaks and troughs really in the uk (laughs) um speaking of twin peaks also debuts Uh, in the uk october 1990 so that's really cool um games Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES, I believe. Mm. Um, fun fact, do you know that in the UK and eventually most of Europe, I think, followed suit, they called them something else? Do you know that? Yeah. I, th- I think we might have mentioned it before. I think it's, I mean, you probably know it. It Was it Teenage? Uh, uh, now I can't remember. Um, it was... Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so Very I actually, I, and I was like, well, because I kind of miss this because October 1990, I'm like 10 months old. So, um, but my brother, born in 1982, massive Turtles fan. So um, he, like, basically I grew up, I don't remember ever learning the Ninja Turtles because I'm like of course that's them they were all around me um but I had to actually find out why the hell they decided to change the name um so I've taken this directly from a website at the time the British government was on the offensive again Thatcher against violence in children's television and ninjas and nunchucks were both in the firing line as such in spite of the pre-existing comic line it soon became clear that ninja turtles wasn't going to be allowed near england's impressionable youth thus the turtles (laughs) needed to be heroes not ninjas and the cartoon theme song lyrics action figure packaging and the video game box art needed to reflect that um apparently they even like cut out a load of stuff of michelangelo using his nunchucks um which is completely insane um so yeah hero turtles is what they became known as um it's it's so crazy it's completely crazy considering there were literal riots in the uk at that point they're like no 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 ninjas no, we're not having any ninjas. Um, you know what's really doing this? Throwing stars. <laughs> yeah, those little those turtles. It's their fault. It's not the government. Um, other things, obviously, reunification of East and West Germany. It's a pretty big deal. Um, the first McDonald's opens in mainland China. Um, uh-huh. It was a Wednesday. Thirty years, eleven months, and eight days ago. And if you were born, then you'd be a Scorpio millennial horse. 
I think what I mean is a Chinese um, New Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scorpio <laughs> millennial horse. Yeah. So that's just some food for thought to make us realize um, how long ago this was and and how we're still talking about it now because it's important. Yeah. No, I, that's awesome. It's, you uh, You mentioned Zodiac. I've been really getting into Zodiac signs. Are you guys into Zodiac signs? I think that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'll read a horoscope. But you don't think they mean anything? Uh, I kind of do. I don't know that I definitively don't, but I don't know. (laughs) I I like them when when I think they're true. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I'm a cusp sign. I'm a Sagittarius Capricorn but I'm born on the cusp. And um, and I think that summarizes me perfectly because I think I am very much a Capricorn sometimes and a Sagittarius others. But um, yeah, if I don't get on with someone, I'm like, well, what is their star sign? And then yes. it, if it makes sense, I'm like, well, there you go. It's all true. And then on a day <laughs> when it doesn't line up, I'm like, well, it's all a load of crap anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. What are your star signs? Uh, well, mine's, I guess, Aquarius, but it's like, uh, you know, it's like one of those ones that changed. I guess that's maybe what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, no, it changed, didn't it? Which I do think makes it a bit more questionable. Yeah, I I remember (laughs) reading something, but I don't think I changed, but, um, if you did, I, don't know what I the can understand is, the confusion. Yeah. Mm. I, I have found, and I mean, obviously, Andrew, you're like my best bud, but like I love Aquariuses um, as people. I, Sagittarius is a great sign. Honestly, the only sign, I'm a Pisces. The only sign I, I struggle with is really Virgos. I just, I, you know, mm. and, like to a person where it's like, I, I like, I'm like, man, this person annoys me. And I'll like, figure out what their birthday is boom virgo it is weird when stuff like that i think it's fine to just uh subscribe to it if it works in that sense my 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 virgo is uh is a scorpio just uh no Hmm. i guess i've never thought about it in relation to other people uh When you don't yeah. make someone Andrew, just make your first question. <laughs> what is your star sign? <laughs> if they listen to your podcast, then they'll know that the reason is because you're questioning their character and whether or not you even <laughs> like them at all. <laughs> yeah, there you I, go. Think people, I think people gel with people. Um, and yeah. It's kind of fun to believe that maybe it could be for this, for this reason. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I've gotten us wildly off topic. I apologize. Um, (laughs) We're here to talk about Halloween fun since it's Halloween. Twisted Claw, um, Mm. the tale of the Twisted Claw. Um, And, you know, we like to do our little intros for these episodes. And this one's interesting because, well, we'll talk about it. This episode starts in an interesting way. Maybe most interesting of all is there is no, like, fire preamble. David doesn't give us, like you know, the little speech, the tradition, like how the speech eventually evolves. 
Like, what yeah, I think he. Become? I think he says we could play it here, but I think he only has like one sentence. Go for it, Dave. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story the tale of the twisted claw. So I mean that that yeah. was it. <laughs> I yeah, I kind of liked that actually. I thought they um because uh, as I was like going back to look at this, I was thinking, you know, I wonder if he gives the same um be careful what you wish for uh preamble to this and just the fact that he didn't. I was like, "Oh, good." Like, I felt <laughs> a little better about it, you know. Yeah. It definitely, I think, like, in retrospect, having watched the whole series, it makes it feel kind of, like, edgier and cool. Yeah. But it did jar me. Mm, okay. Um, um, but since since they didn't do one, did you guys prepare a little Midnight Society uh, intro? Sure okay. did. Yay. <laughs> I love these. This these really, <laughs> they are really yeah. hard, but these yes. are, like, some of my favorite things. I love hearing what people come up with this one was particularly hard because uh, not only the same be careful what you wish for kind of like thing, but try not to say that exactly. Well, I was trying not to say it. And um, also I already did like a jokey wish one on one of the mm. episodes that we did in the time trap, I think. Okay. Um, so this was a particular challenge. Okay. You ready? We all have desires, things we wish we could have but how far would you go to get what you want the kids in my story are willing to do anything even if it means hurting their friends or raising the dead submitted for the approval of the big orange couch society oh i won't give you my name oh yeah yeah save that puppy very nice (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah yeah, I, I was I was like, oh, it's been a, it's been a year. So I'll just um listen and I was like, no, obviously this is the one episode where they don't give me a build up to give me a little taste. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I gave it I gave it a go. Uh based on, you know, very very much how I afraid of the dog do it. So I'll give it a try. All right. So we know what to do every year when October 31st comes around. We dress in creepy costumes, stay up late carving pumpkins, telling ghost stories, and of course, we go trick-or-treating. But did you ever wonder about the origins of All Hallows' Eve? And why do we wait for this time of year to expect the eerie and otherworldly? In my story, two kids are going to discover the true magic that only comes alive around Halloween night. And when they're given the chance to have a night to remember, to meddle with their own destiny, the question is, is it a trick or is it a treat? In my story, you better be careful what you wish for, because maybe, just maybe, you just might get it. Submitted for the approval of the big orange couch, I call this story and I will leave it on a cliffhanger. Oh, man, that was a really good one. Yes, that was great. That was like what they should have been like. Yes, yes. I feel like. Uh, like it sounded way more professional than the real ones um oh, yeah, but this great. Is just kids you know <laughs> I know yeah that's true right. i guess <laughs> i loved it great job yeah, uh, one, awesome. one of the best yeah oh thank you um okay 
so this is going to be weird. So I'm, I, will you guys help me with mine? Sure. Okay. It turns out I have a story that I'm ready to tell. I think you guys might really like it. Cool, David. I'm so excited. Well, some say... Wait, what's up with that Vote for Bostick sticker you're wearing? Yeah, who is Bostick? Oh yeah, don't, don't worry about it. So, some say, be careful what you wish for. But you're also wearing a Vote for Bostick hat? Is your story about someone named Bostick? No, I mean, ki- kinda, but not really. Uh, don't worry about it. So... Some say, be careful what you wish for. You might just get... David, did you get a tattoo? What? Uh, no. Yeah, I see it too. Come on, David, let's see it. Fine. You got a Bostic tattoo? So what? David, that's so weird. No. Is he the per- Is he perfect for student council? Yes. Is he the perfect athlete? Yes. Does he have a perfect face? Yes, so what? It's not my fault you guys don't get Bostic. David, I'm worried about you. It's fine. I'm not sure, man. You seem a bit obsessed with Bostic. Do you need to talk? No, I need to tell my story, which is about how sometimes you need to be careful what you wish for, or you might get it, okay? That's what it's about. Careful what you wish for. That's it. Not about Bostic. It's not about him. Mostly about... Mostly not about Bostic. <sighs> Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Or Big Orange Couch Society, I call this story. There we go. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really glad you worked Bostic in there. I almost did, and <laughs> decided against it. But you know that was very good. Yeah, I really latched. I latched. The name is just so funny. Yes, uh, it's <laughs> and uh, I just latched. I'm like, you know what? I want a whole Midnight Society segment where, you know, we're just talking Bostic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I. I, I I guess I should wait, but I, I won't. Like, does it mean the same thing in in America? Is Bostic a super glue brand? Oh, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, it might be. Uh, I mean, Elmer's is the famous one here. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I've never heard of that glue. So yeah, like if you Google Bostic, I it comes up with like a like a glue stick. Wow. Okay. Like you had them in school or something? Yeah, like that if you go and buy a glue wow. stick, it's Bostic. Like I don't know whether it's like a German thing that we have here. I don't know. It sounds kind of German. I don't know. But all I could think about when I saw this was Bostic. Why, <laughs> why am I thinking of arts and crafts? Wow. That's weird. Um I'm I'm just seeing, yeah, I'm not familiar with it in particular, but that's funny. Bostic. Yeah, it's another <laughs> little fun fact. Um, okay, well, that uh, hopefully people enjoyed those. We, we gave our Midnight Society segment. Should we actually jump into the episode? Sure. sure. Uh, so a young boy wakes to to his closet door opening, from which emerges a cloth figure shrouded in fog that looms over his bed. 
Suddenly he wakes up for real from the nightmare, only to find the clothed figure standing right next to him. As he screams, so does the rest of the Midnight Society. But when they ask what happens next, Eric reveals that he hasn't finished What do you mean yet. you don't know? I mean I don't know. I'll figure something out for next time. Ooh, a cliffhanger. I love it. Yeah, but I mean, what about tonight? It's almost lights out and we haven't had a full story yet. You shouldn't call a meeting without a full story, Eric. It's better than no story at all. Hey, and I don't see anyone else jumping in. <laughs> Such a tease. <laughs> I love this entire intro. <laughs> yeah. it's it's. I wish they kind of did this more, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also want to know, like, the rest of the story that he starts. You know, it's like, maybe just me wanting to know it is what's mm. so good about it. It um, is kind of scary. Yeah, it is scary. And all that, that perfect screaming for the first episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Give me a break with this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you make of it, Vaughn? Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. This, um, for me, is really nostalgic because I swear that this was a part of an advert that they used um, for Mm. Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is interesting because it's not an episode. Um, But yeah, I thought this was, uh, more than anything else, I loved that it was a great way of establishing the characters from, from so early on. So I love they open the episode like this. Um, it sets the tone and it really feels like there's already a really well-established friendship um, within the group who presumably have only worked together on this one thing because um, it's the pilot. Um, and they use it as a bit of a vehicle for establishing like who's who. So Eric's abrasive and a little bit of a bad attitude. <laughs> Shows up with like not even half a story, like literally like the first two minutes. Um, Betty Ann, because obviously she she mm-hmm. sees the silver lining, nice little cliffhanger. Um, and then David steps up, um, and that's how we hear the twisted claw. So, um, yeah, I it- I liked that. Um, and I thought it was interesting because I watched it today. And I also watched um, Phantom Cab because Mm. I'm presuming that that was then filmed. um, That is technically the first episode because this one then gets um, pushed back to episode four. And it's just interesting that they chose to make that the official first episode when they put the first season together and how they chose to kind of, because Frank's already in the the pilot, right? So um, interesting that they chose to do like the initiation story with him but they're technically older there but I can't tell so I was like really looking at the Midnight Society and I was thinking like considering that like two years have gone by here and these kids of you know very growth spurty age they all look exactly the same (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah I I really like what they did here. They established the characters from day one and they are the characters that they continue to be throughout the whole series. And I I really appreciated that continuity, really. Yeah, they really did do a good job of that. Like characterizing each kid in just one small moment. Um, Yeah. Just kind of effortless. Um, And uh, there's some... uh, I love uh, Betty and uh, her... um, 
uh, ooh, I love it. Like a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, she's, she's the best. Yeah. She um, is. Also, I just want to mention something that seems only present in these early episodes is there's a certain music uh like cue that comes in here that sounds just like it's hard to describe but it's like a a sort of distorted version of Mm. um one of the background songs that we often hear yeah but anyway it's really good it's a real it just sounds really great something about it's like immediately creepy yeah really cool yeah i just I, I think, like, if this was a versus, this would be a hard Midnight Society segment to beat. Like, just yeah. just the false, the idea of a false start at the Midnight Society is kind of cool. <laughs> like, yeah. you actually see the tail for a second. And um, it really also links into the idea that, like, these are, this is about telling stories. Like, these kids are sitting around and just like a kid probably would, they might start and be like, oh, shoot. Like, you know what? I, I'm not actually ready to tell this. Um so it it felt even though it's the first it felt like a very fresh uh take on it totally um so the the other kids complained that eric shouldn't call a meeting without a finished story when david volunteers to tell one of his own (laughs) i Um, love david (laughs) yeah david's great (laughs) how can you not love david like I know everyone loves Betty Ann and that is very fair. I love her too. Um, but there's something about this like OG soft boy <laughs> that makes me so happy. Um, and I feel like his stories are always a little bit deeper than the average mm. story. Like, um, so he tells a lonely ghost, uh, shiny red bicycle hatching. Mm. Um, yeah. Dark dragon? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they're all pretty emotionally intelligent stories. Um, a lot of the time about, you know, people going through something or experiencing like grief or loss or like a difficult period of time. So I, I just love David. And I think, um, Kristen picked the right one because obviously he's adorable, um, and had a lot more emotional intelligence than, Frank, which isn't difficult, but um, even Gary, I think. So just a bit of David's love because, you know, he wasn't there for very long, but I I, I love his stories. Yeah. He, he also has like a ghostly look to him. So it just kind of adds to the whole feel of this creepiness. Yeah, he seems like the kid that would probably be like the most legit in an actual midnight society like a little like a little emo yeah. but like you know sensitive and uh you know maybe into creepy stuff david's the real deal yeah yeah, yeah. my kind of guy like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well his story opens on a jack-o'-lantern as he explains that it's the night before halloween a night a night of tricks Known as Mischief Night. Ah, yes. Here we are at <laughs> you, Mischief yeah. Night again. <laughs> we talked a little bit on Rocket Power, and uh, yeah, we're not done with it yet. Yeah, very interesting. Do, do you have a Mischief Night in London? So I, I was going to ask you, I, I literally have written here, like, is this a U.S. thing? Um, people, <laughs> let me tell you something about London. People don't wait for the 30th of October to, like, screw things up 
sorry I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to um limit my language but let's put it this way people do not wait uh people don't need to wait for one night a year to do these <laughs> sorts of things but um I did a little google on it um I don't know Andrew if this is something you're going to bring up but um it apparently originated in like the 1700s Mm. Um, and a schoolmaster encouraged kids to play pranks on each other on the 30th of October but it could also be the 4th of November I think I've written that as 5th actually because that would make sense on um, on uh, fireworks night and the 1st of May which is May Day so um, <laughs> yeah but um, no I've, I've never participated in mischief night Um but I will keep an extra eye out this 30th of October to see if people are acting a little bit more lawlessly than is like genuinely just like an everyday thing in, in the capital, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've never engaged in it either. Uh, I like the idea of it, kind of. I mean, like harmless mischief stuff, you know. Yeah, kind of funny. I, but I, I guess we did talk about it last time, like the idea of getting um, toilet paper like out of trees and off your roof is uh, pretty terrible I mean, sounding. Yeah, TP someone's house, knock on the door and run away. But uh, you know, not to jump ahead, but um, there are certain things I don't think would be acceptable. Mischief <laughs> night, and um, I do not condone certain behaviors that I think take it too far. Um, um I'll let you i'll let you get to that uh i just want to mention that um before i forget the jack-o'-lantern that it starts out on is uh pretty great i feel like <laughs> it's a great opener like I, I i think i said this um when we talked about midnight ride but um even though that's not my favorite episode by like a long stretch and twisted claw definitely means a lot more to me um i do love episodes like this that really set like it just feels nostalgic even when i was a kid watching it yeah um even if it was halloween night like i'd be watching it and thinking oh this is this is what it's all about and halloween is amazing and it just kind of makes you feel yeah like in the yeah. moment and it's it's great totally um, I, I do just like love these little background details. Um, you know, nice touches. Um, also reminiscent of uh, Halloween, the movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the kids TP trees and spray shaving cream on cars, best friends Dougie and Kevin sneak into the yard of a woman believed by the kids in the neighborhood to be a witch. No way, man. Don't be a wuss. It's mischief night. Yeah, but... Let's go someplace else. What's the matter? Afraid the witch is gonna get you? No such thing. Then let's do it. Kevin and Dougie were best friends, but Kevin was way more daring. He was always looking for adventure, and on that mischief night, he found it. They slink up the front steps, but just as Dougie sprays his shaving cream, the woman who lives there opens the door and gets plastered in the, in the face with foam. Blinded, she stumbles into a vase in the hall, shattering it as the boys run off. 
but rather than yell after them as she stomps out onto the porch covered in foam, she starts cackling. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty creepy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Super creepy and way too far. <laughs> like, she took a lot better than I would. Like, uh, who has who yeah. hasn't uh, who hasn't used a can of shaving cream to get an old lady on Halloween? <laughs> so you have participated in mischief night? No, uh, no, I am. I am. <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I am very much into rules and uh, get very nervous when it's even implied we might break rules. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, too far. Um, but as for this laugh, oh. I mean, it oh, is there. It's up there. Seriously, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I um, I was thinking, and I was like, well, who? What is the best? Are you afraid of the dark? Laugh. The best. Dang. Yeah, that's a good question. Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> it's just an Hopefully. overall amazing vocal tone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, boy, I'd have to really... I mean, there's so many good ones. Of course, Vink is a great. Uh, yeah. But not, actually, not Vink. Um, more the Carney from Laughing in the Dark, I guess. Mm. Mm. yes yeah that is a good laugh um uh well vink's laugh at the end of um uh, midnight madness yeah yeah <laughs> just so good <laughs> very good i have um obviously this ghastly grinner but i also had uh, yeah. from captured souls <laughs> when he's in his little capsule and yeah. he's like, maniacally yeah. laughing to himself <laughs> Gleeful, gleefully taking wife. That's a great pick. That kid is going for it so hard. <laughs> oh, also, this just starts out on. I love it. Starting out out in the neighborhood, mischief night. It's great. Mm-hmm. Great start. Yeah, but this um, turn, this turn, it's about to take. Don't like it. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> I do like it. I think, but I, now I can hardly remember. Um, the next night. Kevin comes over Dougie's house so they can go trick-or-treating. Um, I kind of skipped over the details here, but uh, of him being at the house, but I love this, like little interaction with uh, Dougie's parents. These parents yeah. are great. Uh, Ta-da! Cool mask. You're a bomb. You're a bomb every year. So you get the same candy. Come on, let's book. Be careful and don't go too far. I hear some of the candy's poison this year. <laughs> Dougie showing up in the bum costume again. Great. <laughs> this I... whole uh oh yeah, go ahead. No, sorry, Andrew. I just I is this a normal Halloween costume for an American child? <laughs> oh yeah. I did it. Oh it's really? Mm-hmm. Oh I... really? Not not every year, but like uh, I did it once. It's just such an easy one if you're like in a if you're in a scrape or scrap or what I don't know what the word is. If you're in a pinch, um, <laughs> because uh, you know you can just honestly throw on whatever, make your face look dirty, and you're done. It's it's a very like 
very yeah. very last minute go go to and i remember i only did it because my older sister had did it once and uh <laughs> so i thought it was probably cool um but yeah it, i i don't andrew did you i feel like didn't you do something kind of like it I've never did a bum, but mm-hmm. um, in recent years, I have often been like a uh, dead soldier that I'll just because I had this like old soldier costume from some school thing. So I'll just like put some dirt on my face and like mm. fake blood. And uh, okay. so it's an easy go to. I definitely relate to the doing the same costume every year. Uh, it's just a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I hard just... to come up with a new costume all the time. I've got a few gripes. Uh, firstly, he's immaculate. Like, he's dressed like a baby hipster. Like, he's got a green <laughs> jacket on. The jeans are, like, brand-new store-bought jeans. A little hat, like a bowler hat. Um, Weird hat. <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to ask about this because I was like, is that a normal costume? Is a bum a homeless person? Is that the same it's, thing? Essentially. I mean, yeah. He's yeah. close. He's pretty close to a hobo, yeah. Which, yeah. which, I think which is a, like that, I which guess. is a more purposeful life choice. Okay, yes, this is where this is where I've always been confused because I've heard that I've heard that a lot, and I'm like, what is a hobo? Um, yeah, no, um, yeah. So I just thought, you know, no judgment. Um, we've got some pretty questionable Halloween costume choices. Um, over here in the uk i am sure so um yeah but come on kevin you can you can do a little bit better than that like he just looks like a tiny tiny little hipster yeah (laughs) um dougie's costume i also think is great this mask it's like yeah where did this thing come from so as the night wears on the boys come to the house they terrorized the night before and kevin suggests they go to the door Dougie wants to get out of there, but when they ring the door, Miss Clove is creepily pleased to see them and immediately invites them inside. I uh, love this. Miss Clove is just the greatest. Um, she's amazing. Uh, and this uh, this whole trick-or-treat thing back and forth is really <laughs> creepy. Or treat? And of course... She's weird, so she's British. <laughs> oh, is she? I couldn't. I couldn't quite make out the accent. No, I had to listen to it a lot, and I was like, okay, so it's either subtly New Zealandish accent, or, or she. I think she's a Canadian actress because yeah, yeah. she's um, Aaron Tigger's partner, right? Yes. Was, oh yeah. yeah. Um, and they're from Vancouver think oh. yeah but like i mean it's not out of the question that she could do a great british accent if she was canadian so um but yeah here we go this is you know a beloved are you afraid of the dark trope um let's amp up the weird make them speak in like a fruity british accent <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i love her i think that she completely nailed it as that woman in your neighborhood that is friendly but very very strange yeah just yeah. like just standing with her for too long might make you uneasy yeah definitely yeah. um yeah just a little bit off um yeah 
I think two of the scariest things about this episode are in this scene. One is the photo that's hanging on her wall. I don't know if you guys caught it, but it's like <laughs> the, the scariest thing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's really creepy. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of a lot of the pictures that are hanging in. Um, is it Miss Valente? from the uh mm. mirror episode because yeah. she's got lots of like old uh-huh. witchy pictures of yeah. herself slash family members and it really reminded me of that and until this episode review I hadn't really focused on that but I did clock it in the hallway and I was like oh that is really creepy yeah do you see it Andrew I did not notice it I'll have mm. to yeah go back look for it. it's like a it's like um, a demented Eddie Munster or something <laughs> <laughs> the house is cool um, though. Really cool. Yeah, the house is great too. Yeah, totally. Um I just you know, I keep thinking of like somebody else doing this role. Like nobody could pull off this just saying trick or treat that uh creepily. It's yeah. so good. Um so she raves over their costumes, and because they're the only ones who came to see her on Halloween, she wants to give them a special treat. What is it? It's the claw of a vulture. Ew. (laughs) It isn't real. It's made of wood. They say it's charmed, and whoever has it will get three wishes. Yeah? Hmm? Three wishes apiece, or three for both of us? Kevin. (laughs) I'm sure it means three wishes apiece. Thanks, lady, but I think we'll just take some candy and call it a night. A nonsense. You must take it. I won't take no for an answer. This whole interaction, again, is great. Uh, The bringing out the box, the snapping of the lid shut, um, and the way, like, the music cuts out at that instant, and the look on her face when she does it. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Yeah, it is jarring. Like... Also, I didn't mention like the name Miss Clove. Mm. Like it's it's definitely a like a a witchy. It has witchy associations. I think um, just a super weird name. And yeah. I love the the music box. Music is super mesmerizing. Um, yeah. Actually, I think just like all of the music in the episode is done like really really well. Um, it is like a standout episode in that respect for me. Um, because in that moment you're just kind of like drawn in and just when she snaps the box yeah really well done yeah and that that's that look on her face as the scene's ending it's like this blank stare yeah (laughs) Yeah. very unnerving yeah so good um dougie doesn't want to take the claw but she insists and the boys figure she was just trying to scare them, but on the way home, Dougie makes an offhanded wish that they could stop trick-or-treating and go home when the claw moves. Kevin thinks Dougie is full of it, but as they continue on their route, they run into a group of masked thugs who steal their candy and put Ugh. an end to trick-or-treating for the night. Ugh. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is, uh, these hate- guys are uh, totally creepy. No, I hate this scene. Do you hate it? I don't like it. Oh, I love it. This genuinely frightened me as a child. Um, The distorted voices really freaked me out. Like when I was a kid, because this this episode played a lot. So like 
and I would always watch it and um especially the girl when she's like candy's bad for you it gives you cavities oh <laughs> so creepy and um and the guy with the when he calls him a snot ball oh <laughs> like it really freaked me out as a kid and it's very purgy isn't it um is that mm. what the movies are called the purge yeah you've got those masks on um when i watched that movie i was like oh this reminds me of something <laughs> and then when i rewatched this episode i was like oh there it is <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, fair enough. This is a really bizarre way of them um, ending the trick or treating. Yeah, it's a questionable yeah. one. You could argue that maybe this wasn't the twisted claw and just a weird coincidence. Um, but yeah, uh, it freaked me out. Those voices, particularly, freaked me out. Looky here, some trick or treaters. You get some candy, boys. Candy's bad for you. Gives you cavities. <laughs> Maybe you should give it to us. Forget it. Did I say you could talk, snot ball? So what you got? Forget it. I worked all night for that. You've been up, told Jammy. You ain't gonna live long enough to eat your stupid candy. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I don't know about the logic of it. Totally. But uh, I do like those masks. I think they're creepy looking. And their their mouths look creepy in them. Um, the next day at school, Kevin decides to put the claw to the test, wishing he could beat Trackstar Bostic in the 600. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this is your favorite scene then? Oh my god. This Coming I think I, I've mentioned it before, but this racing scene is gold (laughs) (laughs) well yeah well it's gonna give me something i've wanted since i was a kid bostic field days this afternoon and i want to be bostic in the 600 forget it nobody beats bostic until now someone's got to shut him down oh man don't do it I wish, I wish it could be Bostic in the 600. Whoa, it moved. I told you that thing's alive. Yeah, well, if it helps me beat Bostic this afternoon. Um, I've got notes well, as well, but we'll, we'll go in. <laughs> uh, that morning during the race, Bostic is safely in the lead when a black dog suddenly runs out from behind a tree and trips him, handing Kevin the win. <laughs> So good. Um, who is Bostic? Yeah. Who is Bostic? Oh, I mean, if you have to ask, <laughs> and you don't know, you don't know. He's um, the same kid, right? Who was in uh, Phantom Cab? Yeah. Which is crazy because that kid has changed a lot. Like, I was like, really, boss? Um. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, what's, what's, what do you love so much about this, uh, Joe? Oh, it's just so, like, uh, perfect 90s, like, 80, 90s, uh, like, slow motion. The stakes the stakes of the wish are, like, beyond stupid, so it, it makes it even funnier. 
the, the doll. Yeah, it feels just, appropriate for a kid. The 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 like look on it. The look on um. Who's whose face when they see the dog coming? Um, <laughs> the, pu- the, the main pu- kid, I think, Dougie. Yeah, the pure joy on the other kid's face as he's like leaping over the <laughs> yes. stick. <laughs> um, and that yeah. like he just doesn't get it. Like nobody's excited <laughs> for him. Everybody's worried about Bostic, rightfully so. And yeah, I, it's just a. Va- I don't like it because it makes the episode good. It, but it, you know, it, for me, it does. It's like very silly and uh, just tickle. It tickles me every time. There's not a time I've watched it where I haven't laughed. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I I love uh, him looking back at the tree at the end at the last mm. moment. Like, where'd the dog go? <laughs> there's there's so much time spent staring at that tree, just like dead shots on that tree. <laughs> a, 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 a good a good let's let's say a good three percent of this episode is a shot of that tree. <laughs> okay. Um. So in the aftermath, Bostick's leg is broken, and there's no sign of the dog. (laughs) Um, A brief interlude from the Midnight Society uh, plays to remind us that each kid has used up one wish. Mm -hmm. I don't even hate this. Like, normally I'm kind of hard on these uh, cutaways to the Midnight Society, but I even kind of like this one. I'm I'm a fan of that way, especially when it's Kiki, (laughs) because she's just so (laughs) expressive. (laughs) um i um oh what was my comment on this the the p teacher or the the gym teacher Mm. sorry um yeah did you recognize the guy oh yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) i mean this is is a lesser certainly a lesser role for him um (laughs) compared to what he goes on to do andrew i mean who is he a (laughs) lot Well, he's one of the guys in um, what's it called? The gruesome gourmets. Mm, Mr. Collins to you. Mm, okay. I mean, this is clearly the better episode. Maybe that's the better role for him. Yeah, for sure. Better. Yeah. Well, it's good to see he enjoys his food, but he also takes his physical fitness really seriously. So. No doubt. <laughs> um, I love the scene with the obviously with the like heavy metal music which i'm sure they like repurpose like in dog music what in the scene where he locks the bully in the basement it feels very similar to me um i'd love to know who who the, who did this music um but something i can't i can't get my head around is you see this dog right i think they tried to make it look like a wolf Mm. Um, or at least unfriendly Um, but I can't see past what is clearly a very lovely black Alsatian (laughs) like (laughs) not this rabid beast that they're trying to make him out to be like I bet the kids on the set even got to like pet this guy afterwards (laughs) at one point he's even got his little tongue out like I know it's nitpicky but um yeah I uh yeah yeah uh, yeah, I if if Vaughn was on set, she'd be unleashing like coyotes and wolves. <laughs> okay, so it didn't work this time either. But like, they tried to pass off a husky as a wolf. Like, yeah. 
later on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice I'm going in hard on this because I really don't I don't want to pick on this episode too much because I absolutely love it, but I didn't have much to rag on here. Um, but whose dog is that? Because he is really <laughs> yeah. a beloved pet of like one of the guys on set. <laughs> oh, he's definitely yeah. a good boy. Yeah, you can really tell. <laughs> he didn't want to do it. The twisted claw made him do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or this is just like all a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a funny ending. It wasn't. It like wasn't it even. It, all the, it wasn't even in the, the script. <laughs> <laughs> that race was real. <laughs> that dog was excited. <laughs> um, so back at Dougie's house, he's trying to convince Kevin that the claw is real. But Kevin is so pleased with his gold medal, he refuses to believe it. <laughs> Dougie keeps pestering him to try to fix things by apologizing to Miss Clove until until Kevin gets so mad that without thinking, he wishes Dougie would lose his parents. I say we take this back to Miss Cloves and apologize. Then I can tell my folks we did the right thing. And forget it. No one is telling nobody nothing. But my folks. But my folks. But my folks. I wish you'd just lose your folks. Ah! It moved, didn't it? No, no, it, it just... You made a wish! No, I didn't. You wish I'd lose my folks! Yeah, but... Oh, weird oh thing to say. <laughs> yeah. What a, well, it it was in context, you know? Oh, I didn't Wish you'd just lose your parents. He was talking <laughs> about his parents so much. He does repeatedly say the word folks, 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 like so many times that I can, I can understand like, but my reaction would be, you stop calling them your folks as opposed to, I wish you'd lose your folks. (laughs) Especially when you are very aware that when you wish for things at the moment, they are coming true and you've only got one wish left. Uh, he, He was just caught up in the moment, you know? So mad at the idea that he wasn't as good as Bostic. That... Yeah. Bostic. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, you you uh you mentioned it a little bit, but like this episode absolutely gets right how like utter useless a twelve year old's wishes would be. Oh yeah. Like yeah. just totally wasted on these kids. <laughs> like just broaden it a bit. Like, I wish I could be the best athlete in the world. Right? Then by default, you will beat Bostic because you're the best. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nobody beats Bostic, really. Um... I... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody beats Bostic. That's, that's a great. Can we make shirts with that? <laughs> I, I, yes, we need to do that. Nobody beats Bostic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, real question though. So, like, if you guys had three wishes, but you know, you know for sure that every time they're going to turn out negative, are you still trying? Well, how do you know for sure? Well, that's the whole thing. Like, you can't make a wish that's successful. Yeah, it would be tough. Man. Tough not suddenly, to? It would be tough either to make a decision. Like, if I suddenly got an object that I knew would make my wishes come true, but, like, nobody told me how it worked and I had all this other stuff in my head about these fake stories that happened, um, I, 
you know, it'd be tough. I, I feel like I would just hang on to it probably forever. And then maybe when I was like really old, I'd say, oh, give it a shot. Hang, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to lose. <laughs> on a Halloween night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even if the worst happens, at least I got to go on Halloween night, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vaughn, are you, are you trying? Oh, I think I'd have to make a blanket wish. Like, I wish that nothing bad would happen to me or anyone else that I care about with mm. this, like, as a result of using this claw. Mm. <laughs> I'd have, if I did a wish, it went wrong, I'd be like, right, my second wish is to make sure that, like, nothing bad goes down from using this claw. But I do have a theory about this. I won't kind of reveal it yet. Um, maybe you guys are thinking the same, but I think there's a reason why these things are going wrong. Hmm. Okay. Um, um, there's something um, wrong with all of these wishes basically <laughs> oh, oh okay for obvious reasons but also like like an underlying theme to them for sure hmm. um you know i have like imagined uh like what how would you make a perfect wish that's like airtight you know like that's what you'd want to do kind of but um how do I you think, do that? I think there's something to what Vaughn said, which is starting by saying, I wish that, like, starting by yes. making a wish that secures that the next two wishes won't go wrong. That's, that's tough, though. It's like, what would that, what exactly would that wish be? Just how I said it. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong, though? What's something, considered something going wrong, you know, to the to the claw something that has a negative consequence right well what's negative to the claw you know mm. does it know good and bad i feel it like must. The claw knows. yeah <laughs> the, claw knows. <laughs> the claw knows good and bad <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm still skeptical but i um, guess um yeah, I will, I will draw on it a little bit later, but I guess just to like kind of explain what I meant there, I think that obviously the claw has been given to them so they can learn the lesson. And because these kids need to learn a lesson because of their behavior, every wish they make is negative. Mm. Um, the, you know, the beating Bostic, like it wasn't, I want to be the best athlete. It's I want to beat that guy. Mm. Um, yeah. And then it's like messing with things that shouldn't be messed with. Like, I wish, you know, I wish you'd lose your folks, like way over the line. Um, it's it's always like phrased in such a way that's like negative. And, yeah. um, and so these that's negative true. things keep happening. So like, if you wish for something with negativity, is it a curse actually? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think you're probably on to it. Yeah. I have no idea if they intended this, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people do like entire university degrees on Harry Potter. So I feel like I can go that deep. <laughs> on an episode sure. of yeah. 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 Sure. Um, I, I do like that the wishes are like these, I, I mean, it's clever how the, how the wishes were written to be like happen clumsily. Yeah. So that you know, this stuff goes wrong and they don't have to then worry about like making a kid look like a super rich kid or something for a while. 
a few seconds later, Dougie gets a call that his parents got in a car accident. And he <laughs> rips the phone out of the wall and smashes it on the ground. Hello? Is this Douglas Freeman? Yes. This is Lieutenant Crothers from the Cooper City Police. I have some bad news for you, son. Your parents have been in a car accident. They've been taken to the hospital, and I'm afraid... No! They're in the hospital. It was the witch. No way! It was. You wished it. Yeah. Do you think it's realistic that the police would just call a 12-year-old to say, like, your parents have been in a car accident? Like, <laughs> like sorry, man, but uh, have a good night. <laughs> no. This is dark, though. Like, I think... Really dark. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. This is the pilot, and... I know that you've spoken to um, DJ McHale and and Brett and a few other podcasts as well. And I feel like um, he always talks about how they were really keen to address like dark issues within a kid's show, but actually Nickelodeon were very like tentative about it. So I think the fact that they put this in the pilot, like the idea of almost dying parents, like that is really brave. Um, and I feel like they only they only cover it in like a handful of episodes. Um, I could, actually I can only think of Curious Camera where they um, put like parents in danger specifically. <laughs> um, I can't think of any others, but uh, when it's used, it's it's pretty, it's very dark. Yeah, yeah. It's it feels definitely like they're kind of like putting the flag in the ground of like no, this is going to be a scary show for kids. Yeah. yeah, and it, it does work. For sure. Like, you, uh, Joe, you were kind of saying this episode isn't scary, but I feel like the tension is high throughout. And the, I don't know, like, I feel like they did a really good job of making it feel scary, even as there's no, like, monsters or anything, like, um, you know, viscerally scary. It's just, like, the idea of these things happening. Dougie doesn't want to make another wish for fear that something else bad will happen, but in trying to think of what to do, he accidentally wishes for his deceased grandfather to be there. Suddenly they hear a horn and look out the window to see Grandpa's car pulling up outside the driveway. I think this is even darker. Yes. Literally bringing a beloved grandparent back from the dead, and then his old Chevy, I don't know what it was, I don't know, but uh, they've used a Chevy before, they use a Chevy again, driving up the street, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I love this, this. This is dark, could they have gone further with it? <laughs> I mean, I guess they could have shown the uh, grandfather. Or at least like... a super old little hand or something, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true, that would have been good. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see him. Yeah. Like, that's a really, yeah. I think this is the um, I, point when it, when they really are like on the edge there of, of whether they've got that approved. Yeah. I, I feel like it's pretty effective though. Cause every time I watch this episode, when I get to this point, I think, do they show the grandpa? Like, I just can't quite remember. Uh, so I don't know. I think it works. Um, but as the boys fight over what to do with the claw, the doorbell rings. But before they find out what's on the other side, 
Dougie wishes they never broke the vase in the first place, and the clod disappears in a puff of smoke. It's a pretty cool effect for the time. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's red. Yes, yeah. It's kind of interesting because, like, it's green when it's like, ooh, you shouldn't have done that. And it's red when it's like, very well done. You made the right wish. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas red is like, no, and green is yes. So I, I don't know. Just a little observation. Yeah. Um, also, the claw is pretty creepy. Like, it just is. the whole idea of it and the look of it. I guess now is the right time to bring it up that the they surpass like their their wish quota. Um well, if you recall at the beginning of the episode, there's a kind of a good moment where um Kevin's like asks the lady, "Do we get three wishes together? Three three wishes apiece?" And uh, she's like, "Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's three wishes apiece." Ah, cuz yeah. I take three wishes apiece to mean like per claw. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh 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 i i took it as like he was asking like i i felt like it was like a kid question like am i gonna get more type of question and then i took it as like they each would receive the wishes if they're holding on to the claw well that makes sense because well then that changes something for me in my final <laughs> count at the end but um yeah, the the final wish there with um we're sorry we broke. Yeah, yeah. The the vase, I call it a vase. Um and we wish it never <laughs> happened. Um it's this is this is kind of like I, I appreciate it's a twenty two sec twenty two second, twenty two minute <laughs> episode. Um but some of these kind of quick fixes in Are You Afraid of the Dark, um they use sometimes um I think in dream machine they do something quite similar and I always find them a little bit a little bit too quick um Mm. but I think they did a good job in this one of kind of building up the drama particularly when they're like wrestling on the floor over the claw um in this in this instance I think it did work really well wish it away Dougie please no I'm gonna make the wish we should have made from the start we're sorry we broke Miss Chloe's vase and we wish it never ever happened So the doorbell rings again, but it turns out to be Dougie's parents having forgotten their keys. This is this is actually probably my biggest complaint about the episode, is they forgot their keys, but somehow they were out driving. So it's like their house keys and their car keys are separate. Yeah. Maybe they were. But I, mean, I, I guess. Completely, like, I completely yeah. hear you. Like they never are, are they? Like they're always <laughs> on the same bunch of keys. Um, so the boys rush to look for grandpa's car, but it's not there. And they discover that the phone is fixed and Kevin's metal is gone. Like none of it ever happened. <laughs> I love this little explanation from Dougie here. Like, yeah, yeah it didn't happen. You didn't win the medal. <laughs> Wait. How'd that happen? Check your pockets. My medal's gone. Where'd it go? Boston's got it. Say what? He's got it. He won the race just like he was supposed to, and there never was a ghost car, and those tough guys never chased us. What do you mean? I mean, I finally made the right wish. 
None of it ever happened. Things worked out as they were supposed to. Bostic won. You're a loser. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Bostic doesn't. Or wait, Bostic (laughs) always wins. Now I can't remember what. No, but oh, it's nobody beats Bostic, Andrew. Oh yeah, nobody beats Bostic. (laughs) Jeez. The real moral of the episode. Yes. Uh, what? When the doorbell rings yet again, they reluctantly open it to find the fixed vase. And a note that reads simply, trick or treat. Oh, I love it. I I love it too. (laughs) Because, like, I love that outro um, of um, David's. So when he's talking about, like, the the wind blowing through the trees and that, I'm sure you'll put it in because... Oh, it's, it's so good. Great bit. Um, but it's the music. It's the music box music. It's the sound of the wind blowing through the trees. Or was it the cackle of a sly witch? Yeah. Perfect for me. Uh, and and I. Uh... I love just like the trick of the vase being back <coughs> together. It's a simple thing, but it's effective. And just and just trick or treat simply trick or treat. Such a great ending. Perfect. Um pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the camera the in the final shot, the camera pans down over Miss Claude's house as the door and gate clo- shut by themselves. And she cackles in the background. Uh, um Yeah, that's that's the ticket. Uh, this yeah, this whole final thing here, I love. Uh, oh, it's so good, and, the, and just like the look and feel of this last moment, really feels like a a windy um, Halloween night. You know, like uh, it's just all perfection. Um, so back at the campfire, the members of the Midnight Society are rendered speechless. <laughs> Can you believe it? And Gary wishes everyone pleasant dreams as he puts out the campfire. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Until next time, pleasant dreams, everyone. Love it. It's a great one. (laughs) Yeah. can't imagine many complaints about this episode no no i i would be inclined to agree um shall we mm, i got thoughts <laughs> <laughs> no honestly like it's not my score is not going to be that bad um i just always found like i think the, the the dynamic was andrew you've always really loved this episode and i've always found yeah. it a little bit middling um hmm. I, there, there are chunks of it to me that are just like not very scary, or uh, and I don't uh, the stakes. I don't know. It just like it's just not to me a classic. Wow, I can't believe that. Uh, especially because like I feel like I always kind of connected this one to us trick or treating as kids. Like I don't know when I saw this, but somehow in my mind, like this just really connected to like our actual lives so i just i I had that additional um you know attachment to it Mm -hmm. yeah i again i'm not like trying to slam it i think it's sure i think it's pretty good 
Um, <laughs> I think as far as season one goes, it's just not like there's so many great stories. Like this is coming off of um, Laughing in the Dark and Lonely Ghost. I think this is just not in that tier. Oh, that's craziness. However, it does come just before <laughs> Hungry Hounds. <laughs> you could say that it is like, you know, but yeah, that, that changes something. Um, but I, I know what you mean. Like it is in the toughest group because, I mean, the first season is pretty flawless um, with the exception of the episode that I just mentioned. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like though, it is for me the epitome of a classic episode because it feels like there is like a certain level of respect you have to give the episode that essentially like cemented the opportunity to work with Nick and to get this whole series underway really so and it feels classic because it is a Halloween episode it would always air on Halloween night um, in the UK. Um, I'd go trick-or-treating, I'd come back, I'd have Ugh. taped it, or I'd I'd just get in on time to just watch all of it all the way through. Um, and it was perfect. Like, I had, like, I was very lucky because in the UK now, it's very discouraged to go trick-or-treating. It's really fallen out of favour. Um, and I was probably one of the last batches of kids like my generation um in the UK to go without like with literally no fear you just go to anyone's house get a load of sweets come home eat them and watch tv shows like this and it was perfect um so for me it's nostalgic it felt nostalgic even at the time because if I was watching it and it wasn't Halloween I was so excited for Halloween and yeah. if I was watching it on Halloween, it just felt like the perfect thing. So, yeah, I, I love it, too. Nice. Well put. <laughs> just waxing lyrical, just really, really <laughs> laying it on. Like, I, I agree, though. Like, Joey, like, I do agree that it's not sca- it's not scary, actually. It's it's just. It's it's got a different energy. Um, yeah. I, I would say that, you know, there's episodes like Dream Girl. Um, they're not scary necessarily, but they have that kind of uneasy energy. And mm. I feel like it has a similar uneasy energy. Um, yeah. And there are episodes like Dead Man's Float and uh, Night Shift where you've got like a creepy villain or like a massive jump scare. And of course, they're they're more scary than they they are um about the kind of the learnings really that leave you with that kind of creepy feeling all right i'm sold i'll give it a five <laughs> <laughs> it only took 31 years of- <laughs> uh well what do you guys say should we get into some of the stuff that went into this episode yeah let's do it hi this is bios, trivia, ratings, and stray observations. Um, so, you know, we haven't looked that closely at all the Midnight Societies. I've yeah. kind of opted for some of the um, you know, bit players in some of these episodes. Yeah. But had to take a look at Nathaniel Moreau as David. Mm. Um, 
just so interesting again cool um name. Cool he, he wasn't yeah yeah <laughs> he wasn't in a ton of stuff but he was also in the spooky friday the 13th the tv series the raid bradbury theater and he did a voice on tales from the crypt keeper um which i loved as a kid um but just this kid very strange very uh, effective on this show i feel like just didn't uh, i would have liked him to keep going though i also um love whoever guy who replaces him i was thinking it was frank he, but... no it's season, he leaves season three. Oh, I okay think. um or he's maybe season two and he's not in three but uh, uh i think it's tucker who replaces him ah okay yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I like Tucker. Yeah. I mean, he had to go out. On, he, he went out on top telling the tale of the hatching. Let's just be honest. That is great. That's a great. <laughs> he had a very good run. You know, he did. It was fun. Pointed yeah. out. Yeah. I, um, think, I think his very last tale was it Shiny Red Bicycle? I think it's hatching. I think Shiny Red Bicycle is right before it. Yeah. He, I, I, he, I could be off. No, he had like. Apart from, if I'm not wrong, and he did tell Dark Dragon, maybe that's the only one that's a little bit not my favorite. But other than that, he just told great, great tales. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to take a look at David's mirror, I feel like, in this episode. Jacob Tierney as Eric. Um, he was uh, his first... Uh, uh, just want to also point this out. Miss Clove uh, is played by Anne Page. We talked about um, both her and Eric's first acting gigs were Ford, the man in the machine. Hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but Jacob Tierney has also appeared in Big Wolf on Campus, Touched by an Angel, and most recently Letter Kenny. Um, I can't remember if we've talked about it, but he seems to be like a regular character that appears on there oh that's that's, that's kind of cool. funny yeah yeah um uh, besides uh, bostic and the gym teacher i also <laughs> wanted to just point out uh, some other characters that made appearances in other episodes of are you afraid of the dark uh noah plenner who played dougie also appeared in the tale of the magician's assistant mm. and his brother benjamin plenner from uh, appeared in Jake and the Leprechaun and Highway 13. Ooh. Ooh. Love, love me some Highway 13. <laughs> Ugh, just get out of here for that. <laughs> Joey's, Joey's most memorable episode of that season. <laughs> Everyone, no, one, no one will let you forget. It haunts me. Um, well, to go <laughs> along with your favorite episodes, Linda Smith as Mrs. Freeman also appeared in the tale of the stone maiden oh yes <laughs> when i saw this when i saw that she this blows my mind right that you can that someone was in the pilot and then all the way like like came back for stone maiden like that <laughs> is pretty mind-blowing like do you want to do the show again oh you're still doing it yeah yeah we rebooted it and anyway you're gonna be this horrible mom who shouts at like a girl great i'll do it um it is weird but yeah. i was just gonna say that to know that andrew you love this episode but in this episode there are two people 
who go on to do Stone Maiden and also Gruesome Gourmets. Yeah. Two episodes you are like on record for absolutely hating. And Highway 13. And yeah, that, and they were they were clearly saving their reserves for the best. <laughs> exactly, exactly. In your opinion, but yes. <laughs> These are Joey Stan episodes, and yeah. and yet when it comes to Twisted Claw, you're like, yeah, I can be convinced. It's <laughs> it's almost as if these three people were uh, cursed by the Twisted Claw itself. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you don't buy it? No, I'll explain three why. Three of them? I'll three, three wishes? I'll explain why. One person here in particular is not cursed. Mm, okay. okay. Um, well, I also just wanted to mention we always like um, to note the people who have never been in anything else besides this. Um, and those include Kevin, played by Maxwell Medeiros. Unbelievably, this was his one acting role. Wow. <laughs> Which is interesting because he, I feel like he's like, he's pretty good. Like, yeah, I, I liked him. I, I, he was convincing. He's never just as good as the other kids. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Nothing else ever. No. Man, did he die? I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, Sometimes that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also just wanted to point out that the punks all were only appeared in this episode. They were played by Erica Felix, Shane Leonard. And Andrew Nichols. Ugh. Never went on anything else. Oh, you know. Andrew, to add to that, I I found I think it was IMDb that one of the punks was in the mm. X Files episode. Emily. Oh. Now I haven't yeah. seen this. I've seen like I've I've seen some X Files, but not like in order. I think it was yeah. like a later one, but I needed to bring it up. Because I know that you both love X Files. Yeah, and his role was hyperbaric technician. <laughs> sure, sure. He he he's like in a lot of like, he's like a doctor in like a lot of things, and like he's in a lot of medical things. And I just thought it was interesting that he appeared in an X Files episode. I think that's like the one where Scully wants to adopt a kid something like that um yeah that's awesome i love it when <laughs> these people like end up in other shows that we love uh that's so cool and i'm so glad when they have like careers beyond this it's kind of fun um well i took a look at the costume designer because you know there's some there's mm. some costume designs going on here um that was done by claire N nadan uh, and Claire did the whole series run of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? She looks like she mostly works on Canadian shows, including one uh, that you mentioned, Andrew. She worked on Big Wolf on Campus. Um, she worked on Vampire High, Moose TV, The Tournament, Blue Mountain State, The Art of More, Let Go. And one I know is actually on Hulu this last year, which I haven't seen, but I kind of am curious about. Is one called Future Man. Um, hmm. 
So she's still working, and uh, I think she did a really good job in this episode. Uh, I think, like, there's a lot of memorable-looking things on people. Uh, any trivia? Uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, just, uh, this was one of only two episodes that starts mid-story, the other being um, Laughing in the Dark. And uh, I don't know if we've mentioned, if we've talked about this before, but it's one of five episodes to use an alternate opening sequence. I um, think we have. You know, I, I feel like I've seen that on a bunch of episodes, and I finally thought, um, like, what is this? Like, I don't know what <laughs> they're talking about. So I finally looked it up, and it's, it's um, terrible. It exists. You can go look at it. It's just awful. It's like a... CGI door opening up to a black background uh, covered in um, like spirits floating around but it's just uh... I've seen that door opening one <laughs> and I have a weird affection for it um, oh. because like um, I think I've, I think I've told you guys this but um, you could not get are you afraid of the dark on um, to be fair, to this day, I still don't own um, them uh, legally, if you want, um, because you can only get them on Amazon, like, season one and two. All of the DVDs um, are uh, region one. I think you guys, yeah. region one, were region two. So they, they wouldn't work even during the DVD days. So I had to eBay a bootlegged... <laughs> Some guy made it basically, and um, it was terrible quality. But the door, <laughs> I remember when I first uh. put in the DVD player, and it was like the little door opening, <laughs> and it has like that cheesy music. And I was yeah. like, wow, like alternative openings. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, because I'd only ever seen the opening, um, you know, the opening. And so I, I was like, wow, I'm learning so much about this show. <laughs> But yeah, it's only like a handful of episodes. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm glad that somebody has a connection to it. Um, I'm probably the only person in the world that actually cares about it. <laughs> uh, well, my big uh, trivia fact is um, so the guy who plays Bostic, uh, his name is uh, Jason Tremblay. And he is the father of the kid actor, really famous kid actor, Jacob Tremblay, who's probably most famous for being in Room, which was like Oscar nominated. Mm. He was Live Little Kid in Room. Um, <laughs> he has been in a ton of stuff. Uh, he's been in Wonder, The Predator, Good Boys, uh, The New Twilight Zone. He was in Doctor Sleep. He had like the most intense role in Doctor Sleep as like baseball kid. Um, huh. He did the voice of Luca in the new Pixar movie, Luca. Um, so, like, Bostic has fathered this wow. mega wow. kid star. A family of winners, you might say. <laughs> I'll say. And, it, 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 and, and evidence that there is no curse from this episode, only only good, only good fortune. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Bostic, crazy. you know, is an exception to the rule. <laughs> Nobody beats Bostic. Uh... <laughs> uh, I I knew that you guys had come up with the goods with with all of those, so <laughs> I went a different route. And I have so Kevin says I hear some of the candy is poison this year, mm, and I wonder 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then the mom just stands there and doesn't dispel that rumor whatsoever. She's just like, <laughs> do you want some of this candy? <laughs> um, the, sorry to cut you off, but those uh, the kids, when they like look up, all <laughs> concerned. Oh, that's great. It is really good. And that one kid that, is he dressed like a bunch of grapes or is he back to yeah. here? <laughs> I, I took it as a bunch of grapes. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably going to be like, I don't know, like maybe swap the purple balloons for like pink or something, but someone will probably be, it's COVID pink. I don't know. But um, mm. that'll be like a new, a new thing to dress up as this year. Um, but uh, right. So Kevin says, I hear some of the candies poison this year. And my question is, does anyone know, uh, of any real life instance where this has happened, I found a case of it. You see, mm. no, I mean, we it feels like as a kid you always oh. heard about it, but I, I've never actually yeah, heard th- of a case. Yeah, I thought it was just a uh, urban legend. Unfortunately, in Texas <laughs> in the 70s, this did happen. So, of course, yeah, the 70s. Anyway, so much we could say about that. But um, Ronald Clark O'Brien, nicknamed the Candyman, and the man who killed Halloween, was an American man convicted of killing his eight-year-old son on Halloween in 1974 with a potassium cyanide-laced pixie stick that was allegedly um, given out during a trick-or-treating outing. He he actually took his kid... um, they went up to this house. It was um, completely like um, dark. It didn't look like anyone was home. And the kids went on to the next house. And apparently he ran up to the kids, um, some of the kids' friends included, and was like, oh, you know, they opened the door. And so he gave them these um, pixie sticks. Um, none of the other kids ate the pixie sticks, but his own kid did. And apparently it was for like life insurance money, which is just, awful but I just um I was like oh I wonder because I've heard like urban legends as well and I I just wondered if there was any truth to it and yeah this guy um I think he uh got the death penalty for this um because it's Texas and it's the 70s um but um but yeah I thought oh I know I know that's super dark but I just thought um that that ties in with the uh the offhand comment about the poison candy <laughs> that uh, yes. Kevin says and scares all those kids. Yeah, I, I've always been like curious as to like, because you, I assume there there had to be some kind of inciting incident where people got very nervous. Because you'd hear stuff about like, oh, there's needles in like the candy or there's yeah. you know, shards of glass or so it just felt, I don't know, felt like as a kid something you were hyper aware of, but I had never heard that story. Whew. Sorry, I really brought the tone down with That's that. A... Um, he's gone. <laughs> you know, the guy is no more. But um, don't yeah. worry, we're, we're the king of transitions. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because obviously Candyman is um, not only a movie, but it, a movie about an urban legend, and yeah. I have absolutely no idea um, if that has anything to do with the Candyman movie mm. and legend that people know yeah. of. Um, or if they just called him that because that's the incident, you know? Yeah. That's what it's involved yeah. with. Well, 
That was a great observation. <laughs> and up. speaking of observations, should we should we talk a little bit about stray observations? Sure. sure. Um, very first shot in this episode. Do you guys notice the poster in the kid's room when he's sleeping? Ooh, that's a great Ooh. one. It's for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ah. That's interesting because it seems like they made it for a Canadian audience, but they had like a <laughs> trying to sell it to America in mind or something. Yeah, that is weird. Um, a couple insults I caught. Uh, Dipwad, Snotball. Mm. Nice. Good 90s insults. Yeah, solid <laughs> ones. I feel like it's probably an accidental Easter egg, but when Kevin says, um, maybe she was sizing up our brains for her magic soup, mm. I thought that was funny because um, the actress that plays Miss Clove is Aaron Tigger's wife. Um, and he later goes on to create the dangerous soup. Yeah. And the brain thing yeah. is wow. kind of like the wild boar brain yeah. um, from Phantom Cab, which is also Vink. So I don't know. I found wow. that really, I was looking for observations to be fair, but um, but I have, yeah, I have this. And I also have that Bostic is a glue brand in the UK. <laughs> this is more interesting um but yeah it's funny because are you afraid of the dark is really good at like um yeah easter eggs i guess and this is the pilot so i'm not sure if this is something that they kind of you know there was that whole wild boar theme with fink episodes and though they don't mention that they do mention like a magic soup so i just found that interesting yeah yeah i love it love the connections to other episodes um, I feel like I never noticed these before until we've talked about them on here. yeah me either uh, you have more um, yeah uh, I just this one just something I wanted to bring up I feel like for a moment during that candy scene I feel like this episode uh, feels like Pete and Pete like, hmm. the, the way the kids look up and the way that cut happens yeah just like god that feels like a good P&P <laughs> moment. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, did you make note of the uh, Halloween costumes we see in this episode besides our two main characters? Yeah, I did make note of a few. Um, the There was an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the grapes yeah. and <laughs> the bum um, and Dougie's ghost demon or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's a... Uh, what... I'm not sure what the costume is for sure, but what I translated it as was a boy dressing as a girl. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I know who you're talking about. I wrote down scarecrow glitter hair thing. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That is great. Is it a girl or is it a a scarecrow (laughs) glitter? (laughs) That's, yeah. <laughs> and and don't forget about our clockwork orange kids. Um the uh my last one um did you catch well uh, this is kind of a two-parter I guess. Did you catch the town that they live in and where the police or, like the police's name and where they were calling from? Mm. I did not. Something county? Oh no, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> 
It was Lieutenant Carruthers from the Cooper City Police. Ah, good catch. That was good. Um, there's a locker at their school that has a a poster on it, and it just really made me laugh. Did you happen to see what the poster said? Uh, I didn't notice. It said, yeah, with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that is it. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then my last one here is when he's racing Bostic, he's racing him in the what? Like, what's the race? Oh, oh. The, the 600? You got it. In the 600. <laughs> I found it just like a weird measure. Yeah. But I know nothing sure. about running. <laughs> like, 500 feels like you're round enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, adding a hundred more to beat Bostic yes, in yes. the six hundred. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but I mean, no one beats Bostic, and Bostic also. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Bostic you got it. Also, like a kid is walking through school wearing a sandwich board that says, "Like yes. I don't like vote, go Bostic. Vote for vote Bostic." <laughs> yeah i at first i thought it was a halloween costume so i rewound it because i was like oh he's wearing like a milk carton or something but no it's a giant blue board that says vote for boston <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> he's the president <laughs> oh boy oh, all right ratings um so this has an 8.7 out of 10 on imdb pretty good um, so out of five Krebs stars, what did you guys give the tale of the Twisted Claw? Yeah. Well, this probably won't surprise you guys, but I gave this one a five out of five. Wow. Perfect score. <laughs> that, does, that does surprise me. <laughs> um, man, I mean, we've talked about all the great stuff in this episode. Um, I, I love the feel of the Midnight Society. I love this that even though it's like a classic story, they do it in a slightly different way. Um, there's just so many good moments in this one. Uh, the trick or treating, the mischief night. Come on. Um, I love the parents. Um, one thing we didn't mention was when their parents come home and uh, uh, Dougie's dad seeing Kevin under the table. He says, hi, kid. Oh, I love that. <laughs> love that um I, I feel like this episode just has a lot of um a lot of things that related to uh trick or being a kid trick-or-treating during this period of time mm. it's like you're a bum every year love it uh i loved the i i love the witch lady she's just like steals every scene she's in um the you you mentioned vaughn the the uh weird effect on the thugs voices just like a small addition that i feel like uh elevates it a little bit um the shot we didn't talk about this but there's a really good shot of the kids standing up in those barrels as yeah. like the bullies ride by like you're not sure what happened to them the bullies are chasing them and they stand up and from out of these barrels that they're hiding in um i just like it's just a nice looking shot uh oh we didn't talk about um grandpa coming up to the house like we are seeing that through his point of view 
<laughs> I love that. Um, this is just like a classic episode to me. Um, while technically imperfect, maybe, um, I love everything about it. I love the feel of it. It feels so much like fall Halloween, just like very evocative of that as much as anything practically. Um, I, and the ending just nails it in multiple different ways. The trick or treat, the vase, uh, David's final narration. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, five out of five. I think it's a, for me, it's a a personal, perfect episode. I could, I could watch it every year. Yeah. I think something they do really well in Are You Afraid of the Dark? And especially in this episode is, um, they, they're appealing to like the kid that, you know, you're watching this and you're thinking, well, I'm the kid hiding in the trash. I'm never going to be that bully. (laughs) Are You Afraid of the Dog was really good at like affirming, okay, you might be the kid that's hiding in the trash. You might not be the bully, but like, you know, like it was great at like reassuring kids that were not necessarily the cool kids, that it's okay. (laughs) Um, I found that like really enjoyable about this episode. Um, You might not be like, the athlete in school and you might not be you know the the tough kid that steals other kids hard-earned trick-or-treating halls and um you might be the kid that constantly wants your dead grandfather to return <laughs> at any cost um but yeah it 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 really is that lovely and nostalgic I, I think you put it really perfectly to be honest um should I do my rating? Yeah, I'm sure. It's not too dissimilar. I I can't knock off more than half a star from this episode. Um, so it's a 4.5 for me. Um, because this is what I love about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, I think it's one of the most memorable. I think it's quintessentially Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um yeah it's also responsible for allowing us to enjoy this entire series because it was created as the pilot. And I think a certain amount of respect has to be given for that. Um, I love that it's a Halloween episode. Um, I think especially this trick or treat concept, which they, they started out like that. So she's at the door saying trick or treat. And then the letter at the end saying trick or treat. Um, And I think the concept is really key to the story. So is it a wish or is it a curse? Um, Is it a trick or is it a treat? Um, I'm not sure if that's obvious or if I've read into it too much, but it feels like only when a wish was made with good intentions, like at the end, um, was it ever a wish as opposed to a curse? Um, The concept of a wish becoming a curse um, or there being a bit of a price to pay or a dark consequence I feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark has done it a few times. Um, and especially the whole like wish fulfillment concept has been done. But this is possibly the best of its kind in that regard. Um, others that come to mind, so you've got things like Dark Dragon in the sense that there are consequences to wanting and wishing for more and not appreciating what you have. Um, Vacant Lot, it's a bit more materialistic, but it's quite similar again. Um, 
and I don't want to reignite this fire because Joey might kill me for bringing up like misfortune cookie. Um, <laughs> but while I'm stoking that fire that I said I wouldn't, it's also quite similar to silver site, which <laughs> I know <Right>. that you do, <laughs> but I'm team Andrew on that one as well. Um, and ah, nice. I love, I love a magical object. I love a cursed object or something that, um, needs to be treated very very carefully um so in that regard I think it was quite similar to Silversight with with the Twisted Claw where I've got like not so love points I can't I can't with that friendly dog I'm gonna need a meaner dog um or I think maybe he could have just fallen he could have just fallen um and I do think Kevin was a bit overly gratuitous with the win, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know you really enjoyed that. but um, um, And one final nitpicky thing, I'd have liked all the wishes to have happened on Halloween night. Um, it occurred to me um, when I was writing my intro um, that technically some of these things happen on November the 1st which sucks a little bit of the magic out, I think. Um, they could have used up all of the magic, uh, all of the wishes, sorry, on Halloween night. Um, and that would have really shown us that magic really does happen on that one evening or that um, dark things are more likely to happen. But uh, hmm. for me, I think if they could have used up all of those wishes in one evening, because it's Halloween, I think it would have felt a little bit more... Um, creepy um the day scene took a little bit of that out for me but um I'm not knocking off more than half a star it's a 4.5 for me nice yeah and good points all good points yeah I mean both of you have been very eloquent um and uh I'm I'm not like I I'm really not relishing in like arguing about it I don't think I don't think this is like an episode I don't know. There are some episodes where it feels like, okay, let's really like hash this out, but I'm not begrudging anybody for liking um, the tale of the twisted claw. It certainly has its sentimental place in, are you afraid of the dark? Um, I'm giving this one a 3.5. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm going to start with what I like. So I, I really did like, kind of the, the seriousness of how they treated the midnight society i almost wish it felt a little more organic like this episode does um it starts especially as the series goes starts feeling like more sticky um but yeah. this this has like a very cool kind of uh grittier feel and um i do like uh elements of the episode i really like you know our quote unquote witch um she's fantastic her performance to me is like the staple of the episode um i've mentioned before i'm not a huge fan of like the the monkey paw or the twisted claw type stories they just there's something missing there for me um i think this story kind of I think that I, I, Vaughn, you mentioned it, but like that daytime scene at the school, though, I think the race is so hilarious there. It definitely feels like kind of this, like it feels like it slumps in the middle of the episode. Like there's this like kind of lag. Um, 
where I think if there was more urgency to like keep it Halloween night or feel more spooky and not have to watch this race or watch them at school or what have you. I, to me, the episode just never felt like one of those classics where the momentum's relentless. And um, while I like watching it and I'm kind of sentimental for it, uh, it doesn't, it just like, like I said earlier, I know you guys might disagree, but like, it doesn't feel like a classic to me um, or one that I'm usually like itching to watch. Um, so rewatchability is like a big thing for me. And uh, I just never really think about watching Toasted Claw. So um, not bad. And I think your points, again, you guys were so, they were so well said. Um, so for those people out there who love it, I think you guys spoke really well. And I'm sure I'm more in the minority here, but uh, I just think it's kind of a middling episode. Wow. Pretty brutal. But, <laughs> I was uh, trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I uh, Silversight versus, maybe? Oh. Whose side mean, are you on then, Joey? Whose side I, are you on then? No, Silversight <laughs> is trash. I, I, I will I will I will go all in on Silversight. Um, it's so bad. But uh, <laughs> uh, should we name the episode? Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Oh, I hope I didn't. Um, I hope I didn't overlap your guys. But <laughs> I, prom- I, I this promise episode... you. I promise you. you didn't. <laughs> I called this episode The Tale of the Wicked Wish. Ooh, damn. Oh, I like That's great. That, I didn't brought... that. Yeah, you brought the fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you. really good. Thanks. Uh, Vaughn, what did you come up with? Oh, I had a few because I really thought we'd overlap as well because... Um, when I, I was thinking of these, I was like, no, they've pretty much nailed it. There are a lot of Are You Afraid of the Docks where you're thinking, really? With the title? You think <laughs> that there could have been a, a different title. But um, I, I'm going to say mine, and I will need a bit of help convincing on like which one. But I had um, The Tale of the Vulture's Curse. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, the Tale of the Vulture's Vengeance. Little bit mm. more, uh, you know, <laughs> the double V there, and then um, I just had the tale of trick or treat because mm. I think, as as generic as that kind of is, that is the point. Yeah. Um, curse or wish, trick or treat, Halloween, and we really don't get many Halloween episodes for Are You Afraid of the Dark? So I don't know what you think, yeah. but uh. I don't know. Oh gosh! <laughs> You've still won. I like so far. <laughs> that is a oh, great I... one. I I like all of these. I um, I'm trying to decide which I would go with. Yeah, I don't want to weigh in. I I uh I like all three. Honestly, I think they all kind of serve. Like um, Vulture's Curse sounds the most like something. Are you afraid of the dark would be called? I think trick or treat, <laughs> trick or treat is the most uh, appropriate, and Vulture's Vengeance is the most crowd pleasing because people love uh, alliteration. <laughs> um, so I, I, you, Vaughn, you're gonna have to make this decision. I think I'll just go Vulture's Curse. 
Ooh, okay. Strong. I like it. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I don't want to be too crowd pleasy, you know. But <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, uh, I'm trying not to please anyone here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I couldn't believe you guys didn't have this one. I called this the tale of Bostick's fall. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yes. Uh, okay. I was hoping Bostick would be in there. Um, yeah, that's very good. I considered Bostick. I, I, I just. <laughs> that is perfect, though. That's good. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Uh, go back around one more time. Uh, the tale of the wicked wish. The tale of the vulture's vengeance. Oh no! The oh. tale. Of- oh no! It's a slip. Ooh, that- it's a yeah. It's a slip. Um, the tale of the vulture's curse. Okay, and the yes. tale of Bostick's fall. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll post those, and you guys can vote. Uh, that's always we always appreciate you guys chiming in with what you like. Um, and uh, boy. That brings that brings an end to our fifth Podtober. Yeah, boy, that yeah, um, feels good and sad. Yeah, you know? I know. I think we'd talk about scary episodes all year if we could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, al- alas, we have to talk about uh, cat dog and. You don't. We don't have yeah, to do anything, true. guys. You do this. You do this for the love of it, and you should only do what you love. And there's that's, plenty more. Are you afraid of the dog? Where that came from? You know. That's true. <laughs> there. I think it's just that uh, iTunes review that's haunting me of someone complaining about us only talking about Pete and Pete and Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but I mean, but you have to do what makes you happy, right? Yeah. yeah, like I, I don't know if they're listening to this, and oh, I don't know sure if they're they can go in on me. But, <laughs> like you've, you, I think there's a nice mix. You give things a chance, but at the end of the day, you know what is prime Nickelodeon real estate, and that was proven in your um, what was it called when you bought things the auction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. The amount of money you spent was appropriate and nobody could argue. And that is because they're the best shows. So yeah. with that said, yeah. if, if you want to do an episode review on, on Last Dance, then oh, I will yeah. give Last I will Dance give my uh, I will give my feminist <laughs> interpretations because I think they're necessary. <laughs> you could just you, you could do you could do a solo show if you want, just like monologue on Last Dance. <laughs> Maybe on like International Women's Day, I could be like, I love Are You Afraid of the Dark? But today we're going to talk about something that should never have happened. And it's called <laughs> The Tale of the Last Dance. Exactly. <laughs> you just um, leave me to it. We, we will, I promise, we will get to it. It's never left the back of my mind. Um, we'll, never. we'll get to that episode. No, no, it haunts me. Um, <laughs> Andrew, Podtober may be over, but the year continues on. What are we up to next? Sure. Um, next time will be part two of our Nickelodeon trivia. Mm. See how uh, how it stacks up this time. Yeah, Melissa did such a fantastic job last time curating yes. 
Um, Absolutely. It was pointed out that, you know, a lot of show there was a lot of shows we didn't do trivia on, so we're going to try to sneak those in. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, there's a lot more of the shows we did talk about that we could, could you know, add some stuff to as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that'll be fun. In the meantime, if you want to talk to us about anything we've talked about over the last month or so, send us a message. You can find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. And you can uh, hear us and find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Leave a review or, I don't know, if you're if you're this far in and you haven't done it, you're not going to do it. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but what we really appreciate is, Vaughn, you joining us for our second Halloween. Um, we hope to have you back, not just for Halloween. Uh, we got, we got to have you back sooner, but... Yeah. Um, we really appreciate it. Oh, like it's it's my pleasure. And finally, we talked about one of my absolute favorites. But to be honest with you, as I've already said, this episode, I'm more than happy to talk about even my least favorite episodes of one of the best shows, one of the best kids shows of all time. So, no, it's it's such a pleasure. And thank you for having me. And happy Halloween. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, until next time, all you sly witches, remember, nobody beats Bostic. <laughs> Bostic, Bostic. Are you still there? I'm here. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm <laughs> I just, just want to make I'm, sure. I'm, right? I'm, t- I'm taking it in. I just suddenly was like, oh no, what if he drops out and then I don't notice for like a long time? <laughs> He's been gone for 20 minutes. <laughs> Forget it. Nobody beats boss. boss, boss, boss.